everyone and welcome back to another episode of Mug Chats. So this is our usual trio, MB, Jen, and myself. Our special topic for today is going to be This Girl's Generation. So a conversation about K-pop girl groups and specifically what issues they face and how that reflects on our society today. So before we start, we just wanted to do a bit of a roundtable just to check in and see how everyone's doing. Hi, MB. How are you doing today? Hi, Anna. I'm doing great today. Yeah, I'm very much excited. No, I'm very excited to talk about this because, you know, we're all women. Mm-hmm. And these are about women who have made a mark, not just in the Asian music industry, but to the whole world. So I'm looking forward very much to what our guests have to say. Because uh, like for our listeners who attended the session that we had um, the other Wednesday, it was great. I learned so much. And going into this table now, I want to hear what more people or like more people who love girl groups have to say. So that's why I'm doing great. <laughs> I was like, it sounded so sarcastic, but it's actually true. <laughs> Thank you. Um, how, how are you doing today, Jen? Hi, everyone. I'm probably not as excited as Verna, but still excited. <laughs> Maybe uh, one less cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for coming back to our podcast. Uh, I'm excited to speak to our guests tonight because mostly I think, you know, my exposure really is on um, K-pop, BTS um, in particular. So I'm very excited to learn about, you know, girl groups and the impact of K-pop, particularly on our two guests. I take responsibility for the BTS part, just saying. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, you have to. I know, I have to. Um, so it was nice to hear from you both, MB and Jen, but I think this is a great time to bring in our two guests for today. So I'm really excited because actually these two guests I've known for a very long time and um, they've known me for a very long time as well. So it's going to be nice to chat with them in this setting too. So I'm just going to introduce our first guest. So Annika. So Annika got her Bachelor of Science degree in psychology from De La Salle University. At present, she's currently studying to get her master's degree in clinical psych, also from La Salle, as she would like to be a clinical psychologist in the future. In her spare time, Annika likes to read and write and play video games and bake, and I can definitely attest to the baking. Everything she makes tastes good. And she is a huge MOA, and she loves Choi Yeon-jun. And to bring in the context of this topic, Annika's favorite girl groups are Itzy and Twice. So hi, Annika. How are you? Hey, Anna. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm so excited to be a part of this podcast. Thanks for being here. I'm going to introduce our second guest. So Ia graduated from UP De with a Bachelor of Science degree in psychology. She is currently a third-year med student where she plans to be part of the 600 psychiatrists in the Philippines someday. Like Annika, Ia is a huge MOA. She loves Subin, though. So <laughs> her favorite girl groups are Itzy and Stacy, but she loves to listen to Luna, Everglow, Twice, and Blackpink. So hi, Ia. How are you? 
I'm good. Thank you so much for having me here. It's my first podcast. So <laughs> thanks for braving it with us. I swear. It, we usually just it's just cuento usually between us three. So yeah. yeah, we can just pretend that there's no one actually listening to us. Um <laughs> So thanks so much to both of you, Annika and Ia, for being here. This really means a lot because like Jen mentioned a while ago, um, MB, Jen and myself, we really just started to kind of break the surface of girl groups because we wanted to learn more about it. I mean, HALU stands for more than BTS. There's so much that we still haven't seen. So it's nice that we get two new fresh perspectives, especially um, coming off of our last uh, session last Wednesday about girl groups. So uh, our first question is going to be, uh, tell us a little bit more about yourselves and, you know, what was your K-pop journey and how did you get into K-pop girl groups? Annika, do you want to start us off? Okay, yeah, that sounds good. So for as long as I could remember, I've always like listened to K-pop in general. So I remember in high school, I would actually dance to um, Girls' Generation dances, but I wouldn't be super into it. I wouldn't consider myself a stan until I think around 2018, 2017. Whenever I went through a dark period in my life, I always found myself gravitating towards the content on YouTube. So I would watch fan compilations specifically of Blackpink. I would watch interviews with like James Corden, all these American shows. So that kind of what started like getting me into K-pop in general. But then I remember Around a year later, 2018, I went through another rough patch. And then during this time, I discovered Twice. And there was this one song that could always uplift my mood. And that was What is Love. And it's just a cheerful song that really lifted my spirits during this dark time. So that kind of got me into the whole girl group movement. I would stay tuned to new music videos and stuff. And until now, I think I branched out more and especially listening to different girl groups now. So here I am today. That was very interesting. I'd like to ask you a bit about the first things that you mentioned because you talked about Blackpink and then you said like watching them in interviews, like you're actually not the first person that I've heard say Mm -hmm. that. That actually I have a cousin, okay? (laughs) So as much of i hope someday she listens to this she's going to freak out okay so as much as i am army she is a major blink and part of her story is the same as yours that she saw them in an interview and then got to know them about their personalities and that's how she became a blink and then came the music okay because baseline music is music it's up to your taste, but there's something about these four girls. Can you talk more about that from your perspective, Annika? What was it about these four girls that got you out of a slump when you weren't feeling good about yourself? If, if you okay. don't mind. Okay. Okay, no, it's okay. When it comes to those YouTube compilations, the fans are very good at selecting different snippets of content that will they know will make people laugh or lift people's moods so i think that's a huge part of it and i think k-pop in general i wouldn't say this is just exclusive for girl groups but a part of their selling point is not just the music but it's also themselves as personalities or images and blackpink 
actually this really like they really do a good job at selling this image of themselves as relatable girls who are yeah they're cool they're cool on stage they can sing they can dance but oh and off the stage they're just like a group of best friends and i think that's something that was very admirable to me and something that i really connected with oh that's very interesting so it's the friendship and like the personality of these girls mm-hmm. oh. what do you guys think about that it was like, um what annika said was super interesting because it's it's kind of like the whole package it's not just the music it's it's them as people that really attracts fans you know people to really kind of resonate with them or kind of feel that they can relate to them on a different on a personal level yeah i kind of wanted to ask you too about how you got into k-pop or how you got into k-pop group girl groups in particular hello okay so like for my story um it started i mean i remember this i because i came from up and then you know the enrollment process in up is hellish so it's like it's like there are um there's a class with like only 50 slots and there are a hundred of you who want that slot so it's very much like that I remember I was in the math building trying to get the slot for my math class. And then there's a giant projector and all. So then since it's students who are the ones helping and volunteering with the enrollment process, they're the ones in charge of the computer. So they started playing twice the songs. This was like in 2015, wait, no, 2016, 2017. They were playing Cheer Up, that one of their older songs. And I was so intrigued. I was like, what is this? Like, because I had a friend who was in dance and she was telling me, oh, we had to do a dance cover of this. It was so hard. I could barely get the eight counts down. And I'm like, wow, okay, this is interesting. So then I started listening to them like very casually. Like they were in my they were in my playlist and all. And also Blackpink, because I would see like the memes and stuff on Twitter. And I'm like, who are these people? And I'm like, oh, I want to relate to the memes so that I would listen to their music. Because I would see, when I was graduating, like I would see videos of people walking up the stage in like our graduation. And they would be dancing, kill this love while accepting their diplomas. And I'm like, oh, this is so interesting. So like I was very much a casual listener. But then the summer right before I went into med school, I was like, you know what? I also, I always hear BTS. I want to know their names. So like first I got into girl groups. And then when I got, at first I got to know BTS's names. And I was like, and then I saw one episode of Run and then it all came like downhill from there. (laughs) Like I really fell. But in my first year in med school, what really got me into it was how when I would study, I was the type in high school and college, I would never study with music because it was so distracting. But when I would listen to K-pop, it was okay because I didn't understand the lyrics. <laughs> like they were speaking in a different language. So I wouldn't get distracted when I was studying. I was mostly just listening to their music, looking forward to the next episode of Run, BTS and all. And then for me, it was like really a med school de-stressor because it is so stressful in med school. And I just needed that time for myself with these K-pop people. And then like, it's, for me, it wasn't really just restricted to BTS at the start as well. Like I would, I know a lot of the K-pop groups, like boy groups, girl groups, and the surface, and the surface level. Cause like I would, I remember me and Annika, we would talk a lot. And then like, I would tell her like, oh, okay. 
so this is what's going on in the K-pop world right now. This group, and then she's like, I don't know who these people are. I'm like, okay, here are the people in this group. <laughs> so like, I know a lot of them on the surface level, and but then the only two that really got me like to buy their albums to like be like, I want to help them be successful are BTS and TXT. Because TXT, I don't, they just resonate with me as well because I find them so endearing and then they're so sweet. And it's like, oh, I really love their outlook on the world as well. So like, I want to grow. And since they're fairly new compared to BTS, I want to like grow with them as well. So there's that. And then like, as I continue this K-pop journey, I've also fallen more in love with other K-pop girl groups as well. Because their music is so good. Because <laughs> there's like, it's so weird. Because some people would find it overrated. Some people would find it underrated. So, yeah. Like, I just would just want people to give it more of a chance. <laughs> Thanks, Ia. Yeah. But I, I was listening to you earlier. I thought it was interesting that, you know, you mentioned that when you were studying, before, you wouldn't listen with music. But when it was with K-pop, because you could not understand the lyrics, then suddenly it becomes you know, it, it becomes comfortable and comforting. But what made yeah. you continue to listen to them, even if you did not understand the lyrics because they were in another language? Well, first, for the studying, it's like, I feel like it's very conducive to studying because it's kind of like listening to classical music so like you don't have words to distract me. Because sometimes like when I listen to Taylor Swift and I'm studying, I'm like, oh my gosh, wait, this line hurts me so much. So... <laughs> I will like I will get distracted and I'll sing along maybe, or I'll imagine a scenario of Subin singing that to me. I don't know, <laughs> but with the K-pop music, it's like it's like classical music. Like you don't understand what they're saying, and at the same time, like the fact that there are words and then like there's, it's very easy to follow like the timing of it. I'm like oh I'm one song done. And then I'm, I read half a page, but then like with classical music or lo-fi for me, it's difficult because like I can't gauge the time and all. Like, I don't know if it's time for a break. I'm like, oh, I just finished one BTS album. I guess it's time for a break. But <laughs> for like, yeah, for like classical music and all of that, it was difficult for me even to, to answer the other question. Like, even if I don't understand them, I could feel the emotions in what they're singing and how they sing it. And I feel like what they want to portray, like especially if it's a very good vibe song, they want to like send positive energy and I could feel that energy and their intentions in the way they're singing. But also like, I'm also the type who would really spend time to dissect lyrics as well. So even if I don't understand it, outright i know the meaning of their words like there was a time i spent a whole hour just dissecting persona like the <laughs> intro persona like i really because i know he added like young from carl jung and all of that lots of side concepts into that so i really just spent time listening to it and all so i i enjoy it it's very healing in a way <laughs> That's very interesting, uh, yeah. Actually, like that the Jen's question about like listening to music that you don't know the language of, I can relate to that. I went to med school, <laughs> and at that time, I wasn't a K-pop fan. I was an anime fan. So my study playlist was anime OSTs. 
<laughs> and the beat, the beat keeps you awake. Actually, right now, if I were still in med school, I would probably be listening to a lot of Blackpink because when I was researching our episode last time, their beats can keep you awake. Like that marching, you know, that marching beat that they have. Oh man, you'll really need those for your exams because you know, like med students, hindi siya. It's not a myth. That we really spend the whole night studying. Okay. Good luck, by the way, and I hope you make it through. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So you guys talked about so many different levels to the songs, and then you said like dissecting the music, and then Anika, you talked about how it made an impact on you. I want to ask though. Why do people have this misconception that these girl groups are just like yeah emphasize on the just girl groups <laughs> when in fact the dances are very difficult the songs are very hard to sing and the lyrics are not simple lyrics especially the the girl groups who really make a mark on the industry they're not Barbie dolls. <laughs> So what do you guys think of that? Like, I'm just very curious from your perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think this might be rooted in a lot of misogyny, actually, with how all these misconceptions are just about are undermining the achievements or all the hard work of women in the K-pop industry. Um, obviously, I cannot really speak much since I am not a Korean trainee or an idol. But based on like a lot of the criticisms, it's like they think, okay, okay, I can sing, I can dance. Like these girls aren't doing anything special, or it's very much lowered into, oh, these girls are just pretty faces. When in fact, a lot of these girls can train for as long as 10 years just to get where they are and that success will not be guaranteed as well. So I think it's really rooted in that misogyny. And I think that's, that's something that really needs to change in the industry. Um, because imagine, not only are they girls, but they also, because of this, they face a lot of other struggles that cannot be exactly replicated when it comes to male idols. As much as I don't want to pull like the whole misogyny gender stereotype card, a lot of the misconceptions are unfortunately rooted in that. You know, Anika, I think that's a super good point. Like, it's really hard to actually how you articulated it was pretty well, uh, pretty uh, understandable. And I definitely agree that there are so many. I'm not sure who mentioned it to me before, but there were a few people who were saying that. So it was so offensive that a lot of a lot of people would be like, oh, they dance well for a girl group. It's like, what's that supposed to mean, right? I mean, you're talented regardless, right? What do you think, Ia? I know this is also like, I mean, I know lots of people have certain misconceptions or or maybe first impressions of, of K-pop idols, or, uh, female K-pop idols or girl groups. Why do you think that is from your perspective? Well, for me, I think at the start, there's some misconception in general that K-pop idols, K-pop groups, they're a product of a formula or they are robots made out of a factory where they train and all of that. It reminds me of something, I think it was Hitman Bang who said this. It was He was saying like ballet dancers, they train a lot. So how come they're also not being criticized in that way? It's kind of like that in the sense that people think that they're just a formula. You put pretty, you put 
nice body, nice face, adequate dancing skills together, and then boom, you have a K-pop group. But um, for me, it like it translates into different problems for boy groups and girl groups. So in girl groups, in that sense, I feel like a lot of people don't want to take them seriously, or they don't think it's something that serious because they have a lot of bias towards it. Or, um, for example, like with their yeah, what I mentioned earlier with the dancing and all, like their moves, they don't think it's as difficult as boy group moves because you can see that boy group moves are very very flashy. Like you know, you can you can look at it and you'll be like. I can't do that. I cannot. But then for girl groups, sometimes people will think, I think I can do that. But then when they actually try it out, they can't do that. <laughs> like there's a lot of not there's a lot of people who aren't willing to look in to think about these things and and they would just rather base it off like their preconceived notions. Like if you actually look closely to a lot of K-pop girl group dances, you could see they're actually dancing it in heels and all. Like it's very difficult. You see K-pop girl groups and you don't take you don't really take them serious. I think it's also because like how if you think about it in Korea, K-pop girl groups are the ones who are charting, they're topping the charts. They are the ones who are always like up high in like parang Spotify, they're parang billboard, they're they call it their Spotify equivalent is Melon. K-pop girl groups are always at the top, and then like one of the groups that Yana mentioned earlier that I like, um, G Idol. They're really good. Like they really a lot. Their leader is also a producer. Her name is Soyeon. She's really good, and they also make a lot of their their lyrics is also really deep and all of that. So I think it's mostly. Yeah, the prejudice against um girl groups and the like. I I think that's super interesting, Ia, because you mentioned prejudice. There's so much there even in this industry, there's so much um already kind of um toxic gender norms, if I can say that, really embedded in the system. I mean, you mentioned a good point a while ago about how ballet dancers like it's practically a very similar setup but they don't get the same criticism that k-pop female idols do annika did you want to add something about that oh no i just wanted to make a comment because it's so funny this is like a pastime that e and i have because we watch the charts and we make comments about like okay this song is trending in korea this song is trending worldwide and we always we've always noticed how it's really girl groups who are dominating in Korea, which is kind of maybe surprising because um, I feel like internationally, it may be the other way around. We might think, okay, guy groups, these are the ones we have BTS who are always like getting Grammy nominations and topping the billboard charts, where in fact, like in Korea, it's like BTS and these girl groups are actually on par with each other. So I think just, that's just something I wanted to comment. This is like, me and Ia, we have our own like personal mug chats of our own every day about the K-pop industry. Actually, this is, I'm very, I was very updated with the charts before because my favorite Subin, he was an MC and a music show. So like, I would always know oh, what song Korea is listening to because I watched that show every, I used to watch it every Friday just to see like, just to see Subin. But at the same time, I became so informed of like different K-pop gr- groups and the like. <laughs> Thanks, Ia. No, I was initially, my question was, you know, and I think 
part of it was uh, already answered. I think to me, it's interesting that you're right, you know, for ballet dancers, they also go through training for K-pop idols. And now I just, they have to, they have to perform in heels. And maybe it's something that because we're just so used to seeing them, we, we probably, you know, don't value the hardship on it so much because we see what the final product is. So um, one of my questions was, you know, we, we hear very little, I suppose, about the struggles, the training that these girl groups go through. But, but what do you think these struggles represent in our society? Okay, well, so we kind of scratched the surface on misogyny previously. And that's just starting what kind of struggles they have. So in reality, like there's a lot of double standards, like we've also mentioned with how when it comes to performance. But it's also when it comes to image, there's a lot of issues that female idols face when it comes to their image it's also it's almost like doubled or heightened in a certain way so it's like how much they weigh or what they wear it's almost like they're under more of a microscope than they are compared to men so like you know those jokes where it's like guys can show up to the same event wearing the same suit like multiple events in one suit whereas girls we always have to put on a new dress new outfit change our hair and i think that can be also applied in terms of the K-pop industry when it comes to girl groups. Not to pit boy groups and girl groups versus each other. It's just they have different struggles, I would say. And yeah, yeah. do you have anything to add? Oh yeah, like um, I just have an anecdote to share. So then like recently, this is, um, this is something that's going viral in Korea lately. So there's last week, it was the debut of this new survival show called My Teenage Girl. And then the premise of the show is like, a bunch of high school girls who basically want to be an idol so then they do a performance on the stage it, the setup for this was kind of like the voice in a way so like it was like there are two stages they'll do the performance and then there's a randomly selected audience who will vote if they would let this person these girls pass or not and uh, they needed 75 percent of the votes to pass and then after they pass, like it's still the same performance going on. So then if they reach 75%, 75% during that performance, there will be another separate panel of judges who are the experts. And one of those is the person I mentioned earlier, Soyeon, who's a leader, who's the leader of G-Idol, which is a very famous um, girl group in Korea. I think they're more famous in Korea uh, than they really are in internationally, but she was one and then us also interestingly enough someone from girls generation is also a judge <laughs> so yes in this show it was there was this interesting part that te- these two girls they auditioned and they sang and danced to river if you know that song and uh, these girls they don't look like your typical k-pop idol they one of them was slightly shorter and then she was kind of chubby and then another one had like a lot of tattoos very very short hair but they were so cool on stage and they sounded so good and they danced so well but the audience in the first stage of the competition they did not let them through they only got like 40 percent and after their performance all the judges were like i'm so sad that they did not get the 75 percent and then so this is the part that goes viral right after them the next performance 
was these two girls who were very cute. They uh, they looked very nice. They sang nonstop by Oh My Girl, which was a song, uh, one of the chart-topping songs of last year in Korea. And uh, these two girls, they were not, <laughs> they were, they did not sing in key. They were um, very pitchy. The the it was really bad. <laughs> But they could use improvement, in other words. Yeah. They got, but they managed to get the 75% of the audience, the random audience, because they were so, like, the audience, you could see in their faces, they were like, oh my gosh, they're so cute, let's vote for them. And then they got the, when it got to the four judges who were experts in their field, in this field, So Yon, she got viral because she was saying, I'm honestly so disappointed. Like, the audience, the random audience, you should be voting with responsibility because honestly, this was the worst performance of the night. And uh, she was saying there were other performers that we wanted to meet, but then they we couldn't because the audience didn't vote for them. And it was so interesting because it got viral in Korea. It was also in TikTok. Like it gave a lot of insight as to how this industry very much focuses on visuals and the like it's sad but then i feel like if anything this shows how it's it's starting to reach like a turning point in a way like it's get getting better but very far from where it needs to be that was a very nice story that you shared with us ia and it reminds me of something that happened in the west okay I don't know how you guys how old you guys were back then, but there was a time that there was a show called American Idol. <laughs> and there was a guy who was named Adam Lambert who competed in the finals against a guy who I could not even remember who he was. And Adam Lambert did not win. And everybody expected that he would win. Jen, you remember that? <laughs> Am I dating myself unnecessarily if I say that I actually remember that? Well, I remember too. A country artist. I'm not even sure, but it's a white guy with a guitar, most certainly. <laughs> yes, it's the country artist who we don't remember. <laughs> yes. Okay. So it was something like that, that it was the audience who voted, and in the end, it was not talent that was chosen. And I feel so bad about those girls. They sounded so unique and artistic. And it's, wow, thank you, Soyeon, for pointing that out. So I hope, yeah, you're right. It has gone a long way, but it has not gone far enough. Okay. And one of the things that I've been curious about, which I forgot to ask during the Wednesday session, and I want to ask it now, Everybody remembers the legends. Spice Girls. Okay. Of course, the Spice Girls. <laughs> How do you guys think, like, let's make the Spice Girls a milestone for girl power? Because they actually made the word something that we all know. Okay. So from that point, when Spice World blew up, and then to this point where it's now a new light 
towards girl groups and it's now Asian girl groups leading the charge. How do you guys think it's the same or how is it now different? Where have we improved upon and where should we improve more on? Because this has become something that is not just Western. This is really global now because the same themes keep on happening. <laughs> so what do you guys think? <laughs> well, for me, um, I think in an international perspective and all, in the Philippines, like, we love our girl groups, honestly. Like, we love, we're a very twice-friendly and Blackpink-friendly uh, um, country. It's even came here, I think, and all. So we love them a lot. And then, like, I think it's they're very positive, you know, role model and all of that for us. Because like their songs nowadays, the lyrics, like Itzy literally shouts, I love myself in their songs. It's so cute. For me in Korea though, it gets kind of tricky because they're very not into feminism there. Feminism is almost like a bad word and a bad, there's a lot of anti-feminists over there. Even so like, I know A-Pink, one of their main, uh, one of their members, um, I think her name is Nayeon, Nayeon, she even had a phone case that said girls can do anything or something like that. And she had to delete that, she posted, it on, she posted her holding that phone on Instagram, like not even highlighting it, but she had to delete that post because people were saying, why are you promoting feminism? She got so much backlash for it. So I think in terms of empowerment, it's having a good effect generally on uh, international people. Sometimes it gets a bit too far, but I think it has a good effect generally. But in terms of Korea and their main audience, it's difficult to promote girl power specifically. And not. I think that's why they kind of have to go through the general, I, love me power basically but not me as a woman power if that makes sense yeah um about, unfortunately i can't speak about the whole spice girl thing because i was very young when the spice girl debuted and i just want to like ask Ia, yana we're like the same age i don't really recall like a really big girl group really dominating our childhood like i just remember like those individual artists like miley cyrus but then usually if there were groups, they were mostly like the Jonas Brothers, One Direction. Little Mix, I think, came a little too late for me. But then I don't know if you guys are there. You know, that's a really great point, Annika. <laughs> we were a bit young when the Spice Girls were super, super popular. But you're, you're, I think that you brought up a great point that I don't recall any girl groups. It was single acts. Or if not, if not single acts, two. Maybe two max. Or, or two female artists would do a collaboration together. Like, you know, you mentioned Little Mix, but they were much later. I think we were already in high, in college when or in yeah. the high school when they were really exploding. But I remember that the big groups when we were younger were really Jonas Brothers, you know, Justin Bieber, but they're not really, isn't really a group, but Justin Bieber, um, you know, <laughs> we didn't really have much variety. And I, I think that it was actually kind of sad that we didn't have any girl groups. Like, even if Taylor Swift, like, we all love her, she's not a group. She's one person. You know what I mean? What do you think, Ia? 
one yeah i agree that we didn't have any girl groups that blew up in the way like you would see how twice and blackpink can get like a hundred million views in just like two three days and all we mostly had boy groups actually there was i think in our childhood boy bands and all they weren't very they weren't very much a thing until like i remember that's why when one direction was introduced everyone was like oh they're bringing back the whole boy band thing and all so those were the ones that we would really cling on to like one direction was so big in high school yeah it's like we didn't really have any girl groups around or girl acts which is kind of like yeah sad because we didn't get to see like those positive female friendships maybe we'd all we would all have a little less high school drama <laughs> if we so followed true. them so true. <laughs> i think jen and i have so many feelings about this because if you would ask me i could name a lot of girl groups in my childhood it wasn't just spice girls there was tlc there was even like the spanish one las ketchup <laughs> with the dance craze that i cannot do because i'm not a dancer but you guys made such a big point that there was such a long lull for female girl group models that role models that you can look up to and that's something that i did not notice jen did you notice that <laughs> like when I things were happening say, no you know every time i think about um the timing before beyonce was beyonce she was part of destiny's child <laughs> so there was a girl group in my time <laughs> yeah but yeah. i think you know i there's probably a lot of story there that I'm not very familiar about, but seeing as, you know, because I needed to, I needed to think hard to recall whether there was any girl group that went viral in a sense during our time or not. So mm -hmm. I, I think that that's also an indication. And like now you try to think of girl group, you can immediately think of what, at least three, five, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's true. But I do remember how it was when Destiny's Child. Although he, I didn't um, see Destiny's Child as four. Yung tatlo na sila, yung inabutan ko. Okay. And yes, little girls, there was a time that there were four members of Destiny's Child. Little girls, okay. little girls. Okay. Um, I, I think Annika wants to say something. Okay, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> I think that's just like a huge opportunity for growth and not just the K-pop industry, but the just the general music industry. The fact that there has been such a large lull in like big K or big girl groups, I think that's something that we can really take charge and they can really use that to their advantage, not just to spread K-pop internationally, but also just to use these girls or these girl groups as an avenue for empowerment for the next generation of girls because because believe it or not a music really inspires people it influences people so i think yeah that's something that they could really use especially since it's we've gone so long without us like a group like the spice girls and i think yeah if the korean industry really cultivates their artists well they can reach probably the same massive levels that BTS has already reached. Thanks, Annika. Yeah, it's so great to hear about that. So I think, you know, maybe my next question would be, and you started it, you know, um, 
how these um, girl groups become an idol, you know. On a personal level, how are how do these girls serve as an inspiration? How have they inspired you? Maybe we can ask Ia first. For me, it's more like generally also like I see how much they they want to achieve their dreams and all of that. And I like how in spite of all of the hate and all they, that they get, they still persevere. Actually, like, I'm sorry, I keep dropping anecdotes, but <laughs> um, uh, Jong Yun from Twice, she recently got back from a long break from Twice because she had, she's been having this neck injury for a while. It was like, I think one of the plates in her spine was dislocated there for a while, like her cervical spine and all. So, she had a really rough time. And uh, recently, uh, she came, she was able to promote again with the group, which is very great. But um, she actually gained a bit of weight. And then, you know, with how weight is such a big topic in the K pop industry, um, she came back and then she had like, a, she put on a bit of weight. And uh, it was a lot, she would get a lot of hate for it. But what I admire is because their latest comeback scientists, like you can see how much how much she's grown. Like she's been so happy. She's been releasing those those fan camps are now released, they're uploaded. And like she's she looks so much happier now because like we know she is healthier. And then I think that she's getting a much better response than before. Cause I think the fans also grew up a bit. Which is very thankful, which I'm very thankful for as well. And of course, real fans wouldn't um, hate on their idols for that. So she's been getting showered with lots of love more. And like I really admire her strength for all of that because it is difficult, especially when you're in one of the biggest, most watched um, girl groups in Korea right now. To come back with like a lot of confidence and to know to prior to, to prioritize your health and happiness over trying to fit into the, the society's ideal perception of them and the like so yeah they go through so much yet they're still here and you can really see like in the behind the scenes clips and all like they're enjoying what they're doing and they're just finding so much fulfillment even though it's hard so that's what i find very inspiring yeah just to add to like what ia said obviously i agree with everything but i think the reasons why girl groups inspire me may be kind of not as deep as that other than the fact that uh, their songs are catchy they put me in a good mood i think these girls are role model figures i feel like that's something that they could really sell to us as fans because they're like the cool older sisters or the best friends you want because they they dress well and they also know how to present themselves they're like very cool like i mentioned so and i think the relationships they have with each other they kind of act like as a mirror that reflects either friendships you already have like you could see how example jisoo and like lisa how they they would be like oh that's like me and my best friend and i think that just makes it more enjoyable and relatable or it can also be like an ideal friendship you want like okay i wish i had a friendship like these girls 
And on another sense, it's also very uplifting to see women thrive, especially Asian women, since most of our girl group figures were white or Caucasian or of like Latina. We don't really have that sort of Asian role models with the same dynamics that Asian friends would have. So I think that's a huge part of why they inspire me. I think that's a great point, Annika. I think that you're absolutely right. It's about time we have um, some representation, uh, especially for young girls, especially in Asia, because we didn't have that. I mean, when you and I were talking about that a while ago, we couldn't name a single one. And I'm glad that now there is better representation and also more opportunities for young girls to see, maybe this is the kinds of friendship I want to have. Maybe this is who I want to be like when I'm older, positive role models that can really inspire them also. So I think that would be a perfect time to kind of wrap up our discussion and kind of ask for some final thoughts. Yeah, I think, you know, this was a very thought-provoking discussion. I think, you know, a lot of a lot of things that we discussed um, are making me think to learn that, you know, they, they also go through the same struggles as us. And Annika was saying something earlier about, you know, them being relatable. And maybe these are the kinds of friendships that we aspire to have. Yeah, that's that to me is really, really good. It's very inspiring that they keep going on despite everything that they um, encounter on a daily basis. Well, for my final thoughts, there are a lot, <laughs> okay? I really enjoyed uh, this table, to be honest, because I learned so much from like, because ju just like Jen, I, I don't know much about girl groups and that really opened my eyes and it made me even prouder that the ones leading the charge now are Asian women, showing a new kind of feminism so even if feminism is frowned upon in korea seeing how these girls empower themselves hmm, there's something covert about that and they are quite empowered <laughs> so that's it for me i really loved it thank you girls for coming in today <laughs> i think that was the perfect way to kind of end things i I really want to thank you both, Annika and Ia, for really coming on here and and helping us really get kind of deeper into this topic because it's not always an easy topic to discuss, but something that's so necessary. So thank you so much for giving us another perspective that's just as important as all the other aspects of it. So again, thank you so much to our listeners. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and we'll catch you next time. Bye.